Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. In Luke chapter 5 verse 20, which reads as follows, When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. Faith walkers have faith that can be seen. Of course, this will be part two. Our subtopic is, he sees my faith. Jesus sees our faith. He observes it. He comprehends it. He sees our faith. Many of us like to know that we're seen by others. It is nice to be recognized or to be pointed out for something that we've done, especially when we put a good effort into it. We sacrifice time and we put energy into it. It's good to be recognized for those particular things. When Jesus sees our faith individually as well as collectively, we can expect to see his miracle working power. Now, I want to go back to Luke chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 17 and catch back up where, where we're going to be today. Now, it happened at a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the law was present to heal them. So Jesus was teaching. Now, I want you to look at that word teaching there for a moment. He was instructing them and he was expounding to them. Now, this particular way he was doing, he was doing it in a group, and I can only imagine, but I was thinking he had Pharisees, he had teachers of the law sitting by, uh, who came from Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and he was teaching them, explaining to them and expounding, expounding to them the kingdom of God. And then uh, in the midst of him teaching, uh, in the midst of the crowd, the spectators and participators, somebody had a great need and they were trying to get to Jesus by the help of others. We read here in Luke chapter 5 and verse 18, it follows. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. So these men, they carried or to be brought or moved or carried on a bed, a man who was paralyzed. This man was weakened with palsy, incapable of moving on his own, and they sought to bring him and lay him before Jesus. So I can imagine uh, if they had a bed, I can only imagine they had one person on each corner of the bed, they would carry him, and he was laying there, couldn't move, and they were trying to get to Jesus. They were trying to get to Jesus. These men had desired to carry a man on a bed who could not carry himself to Jesus. See, it takes a faith walker to go beyond the situation and carry someone to Jesus because it can be challenging. Because some of us struggle with visiting others, checking on others, texting or encouraging uh, a good word to others. But these men went to the extreme and and they collectively picked him up while he was still paralyzed and sought ways to bring him to Jesus. 
Now, think about this. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I can imagine they had to carry him a little piece to Jesus. And I imagine as they were carrying him, I don't know if they got tired or not. They say, hey, let's take a break before we get there. But they were determined to get to Jesus. And I like these type men because they don't let the obstacles uh, or what's going on in their life stop them from getting to Jesus. And faith walkers, they don't just hear the word, but they put what they hear and understand into action. And these men did not stop because the obstacles, the challenges, the man's inability to help himself. They saw the need and they had faith and a corresponding action to meet the need. One of the things I thought about, they had to hear about Jesus was a healer. And not only did they hear about it, they had to believe that he was a healer. Because who would go through all that trouble if if they did not believe if they brought this individual to Jesus He could not help them. They had, they thought, I'm sure they heard about Jesus. But what I like about it, they believe what they heard. And they took the necessary actions to get this man to Jesus. They did the actions. And see, if you believe Jesus is a healer, then the first one that we need to strive to go to first is Jesus. Then we follow his guidance concerning the doctor and the medicine. Now, if you don't believe it's a healer, you ain't got to go him first. Go to what you believe is going to work for you. But I believe that Jesus is a healer, so I go to him first. And after I go to him first, I follow his guidance concerning the doctor and if medicine, if need be. If we believe in prayer, then we make our request known to God and follow the omniscient God or the Holy Spirit as to how to proceed further after the prayer. See, faith walkers put the word into action. They believe that God is the healer. They go to him first. They believe in prayer. So they pray and then they follow the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And at times we may have obstacles, difficulties, hard times that would try to hinder us from helping others to get to Jesus. Then we have to seek our creator. And I, I, I use creator with a capital C, referencing God himself, the creator of all things, creator of the universe for creative ways to help others in the faith. Notice how the creator will cause creativity to come forth in our lives to help me as well as others get to Jesus. But especially when it comes to helping others get to Jesus. Notice, if you will, in Luke chapter 5 and verse 19. Luke chapter 5 and verse 19. When they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling, tiling in the midst before Jesus. So when they could not find, could not, they were searching for a way how they might get this man to Jesus. And because of the crowd, and I can imagine, now, many scholars, and I've read different accounts about this, believe that he was in a small house. And they believe that he was positioned in the house. Let's say, for example, if this is the house right here, this pulpit area. And let's say he was sitting in the midst of the people. They were so crowded 
in, in that midst, there were people which, remember, there were Pharisees, there were Sadducees, there were people from different towns and villages and so forth, and they were so crowded that the men that, let's say, they came through that door right there, they could not get to Jesus. Now remember, it wasn't a big place. I don't think it was a big place in my opinion. A big place they were trying to get through, but they were going through the crowd. They were trying to get through the crowd, and they were so packed in that no, nobody would let them through to get to Jesus because they was so crowded. They were so crowded. And so uh, this to me, when I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, they had to come and the creator had to give them an idea of how to get this man who was paralyzed to Jesus. They couldn't go the, not the normal way. They couldn't go the natural way just to take that man and walk up straight to Jesus and then lay him before him. They couldn't do that. But you know what I thought about when I was looking at this text? I was thinking about this. Jesus knew they was outside the whole time. It was no secret to Jesus that these men were trying to get to Jesus. And you know what? I said, you know what? You could have walked out, walked out from the crowd and went out there and just handle your business and let them go. But Jesus was teaching. Remember what he said there in verse 17? He was teaching. And so, so Jesus was teaching not only... uh from a word standpoint, but he was teaching objectively. He said, you know what? I'm going to show these people some things here that they think they know some stuff, but they really don't know what they think they know. And I love that about God. God is teaching. And so you think about this. In my mind, because, you know, God knows everything. Can you tell me something that God don't know? There you go. And so, therefore, he knows everything. So he knew they were trying to get to him. But yet he said, oh, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to keep on teaching these individuals right here. I'm going to keep on because I'm still teaching. Remember that he said I was teaching. But see, he was teaching in words, but now he's going to teach in deed. I'll show you to you in just a moment. Let, let me give you some more notes right quick. When they, when they could not get knowledge of how they might bring him into Jesus because of the crowd, they had a creative idea to go up on the housetop and lower the man down in his bed. What I thought was powerful, they, they had no idea how they were going to do it, but somehow the creator gave them a creative idea in order to get to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, creator, for being a creator and helping us get to Jesus. <laughs> well, I could preach that, but let me go on. See, the creator knows all the details to the structure, big or small. He knows, listen, he knows what you're dealing with on your job, your business. He knows what you're dealing with in your home. He did what you're dealing with your family. He knows your financial situation and he is creating things so you can do obey him in every aspect of your life he's a creator mm, thank you for creating jesus i wouldn't be here if you wouldn't create it i would listen i would still be broke if you didn't create ways to show me how to do things because he is a creator we're passed out i don't know what to do but the creator does they didn't know how to get to Jesus, but the creator had already had an idea. And I, I love what Jesus was doing. He was sitting there teaching, but he was also had some other stuff going on behind the scenes. And that's what God does for us each and every Sunday, each and every time we come into his house. In fact, he does it for you during your devotion time, your prayer time, and any time you spend with Jesus. As he's teaching you, he's working behind the scenes. 
He's working behind the scenes. He's saying, you know what? I know you, you're looking at this word right here and I'm, you're learning from me, but I'm also creating some things for you behind the scenes. I'm creating how you're going to get out of debt. I'm creating your new car. I'm creating your new house. I'm creating your subdivision. I'm creating your peace. I'm creating your, a place for your joy. I am creating for you. He's creating for us. Thank God he's a creator. And see, he's doing, and what he's doing is, he's coming forth, and the Lord is dropping solutions to our situations at the same time he's teaching us. He's giving us concepts, he's giving us ideas, and he's giving us strategies. As we are get learning right now, God is dropping concepts to you, he's giving you strategies, and he's giving you ideas. You may not even know you got it yet, but by faith, I pray that you receive it. Because when, as you, as he's teaching you, he's also giving you strategies, giving you ideas, giving you concepts. That's why, man, I would love to be a student by now because I know I'll probably be a straight A student because I know God, you be showing me what's going on, nation. Oh, glory be to God. Because he's giving us ideas and strategies and concepts of how to do things. And you may not know it now, but it, it'll drop on you about two o'clock this afternoon, four, four o'clock tomorrow. You'll be like, whoa, that's a good idea. Where it come from? Because you heard the word and you believe what God is saying in your life. Now, we, we got our faith. We're hearing the word. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can he hear without a preaching? How can he preach unless he is sent? We have to continue to shift our thinking, talking the actions to a mindset that's open and ready to hear God's word in faith and act on what we hear. It's a daily process. We go about it on a day-by-day basis. It's our lifestyle now. Everybody say it's a lifestyle. In fact, say it's my lifestyle. That's it. Nonetheless, our mindset begins to change. Others can see, but most importantly, Jesus can see. Now, Luke makes a, and Luke makes an interesting observation that Jesus makes, uh, that says about these particular men. He says this, when he saw their faith, Luke 5 and 20, when he perceived, when he noticed and observed and beheld, what? Their faith. The fact that they believed in Jesus, that they trusted in God, that they had confidence in God's written and revealed word when he saw their faith. See, faith walkers will not allow the hindrance of life stop them from having a devotion time with Jesus, their time in prayer, the time to hear God's written and revealed word. See, faith walkers don't let the obstacles. See, they're going to get out of bed because they want to hear a word from God. They're going to make it to the house of God on, amen, on a Sunday morning because why? They know God has a word for them. It's bigger than Pastor Dobbs because God got a word for me when I come into the sanctuary. If it's not, if I learn today that the strategies, the ideas, and the concepts that God's going to give me by spending time with him is going to help me in my business, help me in my job, help me in my family. He's going to give me a strategy that's going to help me with my family. I appreciate God doing that for me. And so this statement also lets me know that these men have faith, oh God, that can be seen. And our faith can be seen in some instances as well. See, Jesus knows what it took for you to get to church this morning. He knew, He knows what it took for you, amen, to, to fight through all what you had to fight through. Not just, no obstacles, but in your mind sometimes. Sometimes in your mind, you got to fight just to get here by a certain time. 
Oh, let, let me try that. So somebody hasn't quite get it yet. Sometimes you got to fight your mind to get out of bed. They say, no, let's, because don't, when you get ready to get out of bed, don't the sleep get better or special on a Sunday morning? I ain't got but two people that agree with me. All right, all right, pray for the rest of us, okay? Now, Monday, you might can get up all right. Tuesday, oh, got to go. But sometime on a Sunday morning, I'm at, I, let me get, can I, can, let me tell on myself right quick. I woke up sometime, I don't know, it was four or five, I don't know, some, sometime. So I went back and studied and so forth. And, and I was looking over it. Now I said, well, I'm, I'm going to take another hour and just go back to sleep. I didn't even go to sleep about 10 minutes before the clock get ready to go off. So it went off. And I said, I got time. I used to snooze button one time. So, okay. Let me hit it one more time. So I hit it one more time. Boy, that sleep got good about that second time. So, woo-woo. I said, Lord, I'm going to get out of bed right now. But that just happened to me. It may not happen to you. But this, this is time when I knew, I said, you know, I got to get out of this bed. Because why? It hits at certain times. But I can't allow the obstacle of that pillow and that uh, weighted blanket get the best of me. I got to get out of that bed. Are you following? I got to get out of that bed. But I don't know what your obstacle is. Whatever it is, it could be the cold weather. Woo, the cold out there. When you saw, when you looked on your phone, that thing said twenty something degree. That twenty something degree is real. That ain't no joke. Twenty something degrees are twenty something degrees. I ain't talking about sixty and seventy five. I'm talking about twenty something. And your house warm, warm, not warm, warm. That's they can be an obstacle if you ain't careful. And so you got to be. You, gotta, you can't let these obstacles stop you from coming and hearing God's ideas strategies and concepts he has for your life. Everybody listen so far. Now, but God knows what it took for you to get to church. He knows what it took for you to spend time in prayer. He knows that it was a fight if you get to prayer. Which I'm going to pray. I'm going to turn this TV off. He knows what it took. He knows what it took for you to have devotion time when you had it this morning or yesterday morning or, or the day before. He knows what it took for you to have devotion time. He knows what it took for you to witness to that person that you say you weren't going to witness to. He knows what it took for you to witness. He knows what it took for you to tell that person about Jesus and to show the love of Christ. He knows what it took for you to text that person and say, you know what? Hey, Jesus loves you. We miss you and so forth. He knows what it took for you to do that, especially when you just you were nervous about doing it. You had your know, struggle to do it. God saw what it took for you to do it. But you did it anyway. You checked on person A. You checked on person B. You sent a text to person C. You sent another text to person D. He knows what it took for you to do that. And he knows when they responded back. And you didn't want to respond back, but you did anyway. Because why? You know how important it is. Not to me, but to God. You know how important it is to God for you to do certain things. And as the Holy Spirit leads and guides you, you're going to continue to do what God tells you to do when it comes to checking on people. Where they look all right. It don't matter if they look all right or not. If the Holy Spirit says check on them, you check on them. If the Holy Spirit says give them a call, you give them a call. The Holy Spirit says give them a little lunch money, give them a little lunch money. If the Holy Spirit says pray for them, pray for them. But we do what we got to do despite what they look like on the outside. Oh, they were praising God. They look all right. But the Holy Spirit said, do this. You do that. Well, Pastor, I'm not old enough. Let me tell you something. You're not, you are the right age to obey God. You are the right age to obey God, both spiritually and naturally. 
And so everybody can play a part when it comes to that. And see, as faith walkers, it's essential for us that we understand that Jesus desires to see our faith in him and his written and revealed word. When God sees our faith, it can cause others that we bring to him to be healed, to be delivered, to be protected, as well as to prosper. See, when you do what you're supposed to do, you never know how you may bring somebody to Jesus. You're texting. Other person gave a phone call. Other person gave a seed. Other person prayed. They're all four of y'all just working together. And none of y'all came together to say, oh, y'all missed that day. Well, that was a good example right there. I pray that you got there. I pray you won't sleep on that example right there. That was a God example. I didn't even know that was there to God. Just drop that right then. One person praying. Another person is sowing a seed. Another person is calling. Another person offering a word of encouragement. All four of y'all working together to carry somebody to Jesus. And you didn't even know if that person was doing it because, but you obeyed God and God blessed you for it. He blessed you for it. Wow. I can stay right there, but let me, I got some more stuff I got to share with you. Now, our faith can help people get restored back to Jesus and they have faith in God. Now, if we look further in Luke 5 and 20, I want you to remember something when God makes this statement here. He's still teaching. He is still teaching. Now, can you imagine? Here's Jesus sitting in the middle of all these people. He's expounding on them. And all of a sudden, the tiling of where he's at breaks loose. And next thing you know, they're lowering a man down in, in front of him and laying him right there before him. And all these people are gathered around him. Remember I said in verse 17, he's still what? Teaching. And so now he's, he looks at them, the man, he says, man, he didn't call his name, didn't really matter. Your sins are forgiven you. Ooh. Now, think about this for a moment. He saw the faith, he doesn't, he doesn't, he saw the faith, but he addresses the man's sins. You know, I, when I first saw that, I almost didn't get it, but I got it. I'm going to share with you what I got out of this. Let me say this to you. And I, I pray you hear what I'm, what I'm saying clearly. I don't care how much he healed the man. If the man going to hell, what good is it? He dealt with the man's soul. The man needed his sins forgiven him. And so I was thinking, God, you could have did all, you could have walked up and walked outside and did all, did, listen, you could have healed the man, sent him on his way. But God was still teaching. Remember now, he did this in front of all the religious leaders of that particular day. He said, man, your sins are forgiving you. I said, God, that is so powerful. Because if anything I want for all of us in this sanctuary that God did back at the cross at Calvary is our sins to be forgiven. Because he says this, your sins, when you violated God's law, when you wander from the path of righteousness, when you did wrong according to the scriptures, when you missed the mark, every last one of them has been forgiven. 
That means I sent them away. They, you came in with sin. You came in with all types of things that you did. But God says every last one of them got to depart from you. Every last thing that you did that had a uh, a time where it was going to explode in your life and cause harm and havoc, it has expired. Good God Almighty. And not only that, I have omitted everything you've done wrong. And I say, God, if I can have that for all of us in this sanctuary, our sins are forgiven us, we can go a long way before our life, before our time. Our sins are forgiven us. And I said, God, that means you forgave everything he did. And I said, God, I said, Lord, what I, you know what's beautiful about this? The man didn't even ask him to forgive the sins. But God saw the need that he needed his sins forgiven. And he said, before, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, because God's teaching. Now, remember now, all these people are sitting around him, looking at him, wondering what he's going to do. I, okay, they brought this man who can't walk before him. So I know what he's going to do. He's going to heal the man and tell him to go on about his business and let me finish talking to him. No, God said, I'm going to break all this off and teach him. Because, see, he never stopped teaching when, while he, he never stopped teaching. While he was speaking to them, he said, I'm going to let this man go before me. I'm going to speak to this man. Man, your sin's forgiven you. Everything you've done in the past, present, and holy, it's going to be gone, omitted from your life. And see, I'm happy about that because I thank God for the blood of Jesus that was shed back on Calvary that we can ask God to forgive us and he'll cleanse us from everything we did wrong yesterday, the day before, the day before that. Well, I ain't did anything, but for the rest of us, we need forgiveness of sins and iniquities. Man, your sins are forgiven you. I said, God, before you do anything in my life, I want you to forgive me. I'm asking you to forgive me. What good is that $10 million I'm still walking around with all that sin on my life? What good is it, amen, to be healed, be in perfect health, but I'm still going to hell? What good is it if me to have my heart's desire, have everything, but yet? I have no relationship with Jesus because I'm a sinner and I have not asked God to forgive me. I said, that's powerful, God. So you're teaching the people, not only you're helping this man, but you're teaching everybody around you that the most important thing is to have your sins forgiven. Before we run around, talk about, you know, God going to do this, that, and the other. Have we repented of everything we've done wrong? I didn't ask you to get specific because God didn't get specific. He didn't say, man, your sins are forgiven you. I said, Lord, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. We got to ask God to forgive us. Listen, I love that God going to bless you, and I want him to bless you uh, tremendously beyond your wildest dreams and desires. But let's not forget to ask God to forgive us. Let's not forget to ask God to have mercy upon our soul. Let's turn from everything we've done that's not in line with his word. Let's ask God to forgive us. 
and he says, man, your sins are forgiven you. Everything you've done wrong, everything you've said, and every action you've done that's wrong, that's not according to my word, they have been omitted from your life. They have expired. I sent them away. Oh, good God Almighty. I'm happy the fact that his sins are forgiven him. But you know, not only am I happy for him, I'm happy for us as well. Our sins are forgiven us. Now, the text doesn't indicate what sins they were, but I believe all of them were forgiven. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us for all our sins. Now, the text doesn't indicate uh, who the, the men were. Were they leaders, teachers, ministers, or lay people, and so forth? But I do believe this, that any one of us, any one of us can have a part in bringing somebody to Jesus. And you notice, it took four men. Of course, Mark tells us it took four men. But it's not meant for us to do it alone. It's not meant for us to do it alone. It's meant for us to work in groups. It's like they teach us an example. But even if you got people trying to get people to Jesus, you got people that were standing around trying to be messy. Got people standing around trying to be messy. Hallelujah. We have to be mild because uh, sometimes people can act like they don't have the grace of God in their life, especially when it comes to what they did, but now somebody else needs the grace, and now they're acting messy. They're acting messy. Because some people, are, to be honest with you, are paralyzed in fear, doubt, Sickness, emotional distress, anxiety, worldliness, and addiction, and such like. They just paralyzed them. That's why it takes faith walkers to help these individuals get to Jesus. Now, we certainly want a mindset like we see here with the scribes and the Pharisees, because notice in Luke 5 and 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So they begin to, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees begin to reason or deliberate. And I like the definition. It began to revolve in their mind. Who is this who speaks blasphemy? Who is this who slanders God? Who is this who speaks harm to God's name? Who is this that calls God, excuse me, damage to God's name? God's good name, that is. The scribes of the Pharisees were leaning to their own understanding and trying to figure out how Jesus could forgive sins. But let me say this to you. I want you to get this level, get, get, understand this particular point. God does not come down to human level. He doesn't come down to human level to explain what he's doing. God is a God that stays in his level and he brings us up to his level. That's why we got to be careful that our motives are in the right place when dealing with divine matters. Especially when you're trying to put human reasoning on divine purposes and divine outcomes. See, God is a God that says, hey, I want you to come up to where I am. You're trying to reason on trying to figure out what I'm doing. Come up to where I am. And what, sometimes when you walk in by faith, you will never fully understand everything about God. You won't fully understand. You got to receive it by faith. And, and thank God for the results. See, I don't know how God healed my body, but I thank God he healed it. I don't know how God delivered me totally, but I thank God he delivered me. 
I don't know how God prospers me, but I appreciate his prosperity. See, whatever God does, I may not understand it fully, but I trust him with the process. And you got to trust God with the process. Now, we also see something in this text that's interesting to me. Not only did Jesus see their faith, but he also saw the scribes and the Pharisees' doubt and unbelief. So don't think that God, that he sees your faith, but he also sees your doubt. He sees your reasoning. He sees when you try to put him on your level. And that ain't just going to work. That's why it's important to be true to ourselves and true to people. And we must be humble. See, God knows us. He knows what's going on in our hearts, regardless of our smiles, our smooth words, and such like. He knows what's going on in us. You know, when I thought about that statement they made, what's ironic, they were partially right. No one can forgive sins but God alone. But the problem is, they didn't know God. Because if they knew God, they wouldn't have made that statement. Because the one who was forgiven sins was God, or is God, I should say. The one who will ask him Oh, excuse me, man, your sins are forgiven you is God. But they didn't know God, so they didn't miss when he was making that statement. So now let's go to Luke 5 and 22. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, now notice he became acquainted with, he, know, he knew accurately, and he understood their thoughts, their inward reasoning, their hesitation, and their doubting. He answered and said to them, why are you reasoning? In your hearts? Why are you deliberating? Why is this revolving in your mind? Why is this uh, in your thoughts and your desires and your purpose? Why Why? Why you got all this going on in here? Remember, he is still teaching. Everybody say he's still teaching. Now, once he became acquainted with and understood that inward reasoning, he acted on it. See, our thoughts will quickly reveal the level of our spiritual maturity. On various matters. We can find ourselves mature in some areas, but immature in other areas. We can be mature in teaching the world, but immature in building relationships and connecting with others. See, immaturity will give us thoughts like they are good, but they are smart, that they're good, they're smiling. I don't need to check on them. But the Holy Spirit will say, hey, you need to check on person A. That's a sign of a mature saint. They're not going by the outward appearance. They're following the guidings of the Holy Spirit. And see, our thoughts greatly impact our actions. Our thoughts greatly impact our actions. See, our thoughts can quickly get us to make decisions about what we see and not by faith, which is our thing. That's why I believe it's so relevant to our lives. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Not by the outward appearance, not by the senses, not by the reasoning. We go by what the Holy Spirit is revealing to us. And if we don't fully understand it, we believe it because of the source of where it came from, which is God himself. See, the scribes and the Pharisees were focused on their sight, their reasoning. Their, it didn't make sense to them, so it must be wrong. Lord, I should stop right there. See, sometimes people get caught up. If it don't make sense to them, it must be wrong. I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. How can they keep giving and they still got more money than what they had after they gave? You'll never make sense out of tithes and offering it. 
Because every time you give God his tithes and his offering, you will end up more than what you gave God. And it won't make sense to you naturally, but at least spiritually, it makes all the sense in the world. Why? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over with your men, given to your bosom. That's why giving is so powerful. How can you pray to a God you can't see and see the results that you see? Why? Because God is all powerful. And all know, it may not make sense to you, but people that pray, it makes perfect sense to them. How can you come into a house of God and get strategies and ideas and concepts? Listen, by nothing he even talked about, but you go to work with all kinds of ideas, all kinds of strategies, all kinds of plans for your work, your assignment, because God gave it to you. May not make sense to them, but it makes perfect sense to you. That's why you can't put God on human level. Because God is thinks so much higher, so much bigger, so much larger than we do. And he can, he can do all things save fail. I love Luke 5 and 23. Luke 5 and 23, uh, he's still teaching. Remember, he's still teaching. He, he says this to him. He says, which is easier? <laughs> which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk? Now, we can say it all day long, but ain't nothing we can do with it. Your sins are forgiven you or rise up and walk. See, as faith walks, we have to be wise with our words when talking to people, especially our hearts. See, at times we'll be quick to say things that we really should not have said and cause more chaos to the situation. See, for us, neither one could be easier nor difficult because we can't do either on our own. What's easy? Neither one of us, neither one of we can do. I, that man that was on that bed, I can say your sins forgive you all day long, but I shed no blood for that man that I shed not one ounce for him that will, listen, if it did fall, he'll be worse off than what? Y'all think about that. Y'all get it a little later. And plus, Jesus said, it's easy for me to say rise up and walk. That man who could rise up and walk, Listen, that nobody else could do that but Jesus. Nobody else could do that but Jesus. So was it easy? the scribes and the Pharisees? Could they have said, got, could they have gotten that man up and he walked? No. But good God, all day, every day. What's easier? What's easier? What's easier? But remember, he's still teaching them. He is still teaching them just like he's teaching us. He's teaching us as well. What's easier? What's easier? Notice the power of God in Luke 5 and 24. Notice how God just changed things. But that you may know. But that you may know. But you, listen, I want you to learn something here. I know I've been talking to y'all all day. Oh, excuse me, talking to y'all for a while. And now there's a man who is broken, excuse me, they're broken through the roof and they laid a man down before me. And listen, I was talking about you. To, I believe he's talking about the kingdom of God. That's how, how Jesus normally talked. And so now I've got a man that's laying here before me. And I, I, I told that man that his sins are forgiven him. And then now y'all question your mind. How can I forgive sins? And I'm going to take it. I think he was kind of messing with him in my mind. This is me thinking. He was just kind of messing with him because he knew what he was going to do before the situation even got started. But I think for our learning, we can learn from what Jesus is speaking to these particular people and what he spoke to this man. But that you may know. And this is what I want us to know. 
what we need to know, what we need to know as a body of believers, what we need to know as OCC, what we need to know that God, that the Son of Man has power on earth. Let me get a little more personal with you. That the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, has power here at OCC. That the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, has power in your home. Has power at your job. Has power at your school. Has power at your workplace. Has power in your car. Has power wherever you go. God has power. Wherever you go. Pastor, as I'm riding down the road, God has power there too. Notice what he said. He said on earth, but if you want to take it further, you, you can be personal with it. Because is your car not on earth? Now, y'all didn't get that, did you? Is that too deep for y'all? Unless your car on Mars somewhere. If your car on earth, he's got power in your car. Is that right? Is your house in Pluto? No. Is he on what? earth. So wherever you God is on earth, he has power. What does he have? He has ability. He has strength. He has influence. He has know-how. He has, listen, whatever he needs to do, he can do it. One of the things he said, I got power on earth to forgive sins. So that's one thing he has power to do. But notice he didn't stop there. He says this. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise. Take up your bed and go to your house. Notice there, he has just spoken to a man who was paralyzed, who was, listen, could not move on his own. He has spoken to him, take your bed up, arise up out of what you in, take up your bed and go to your house. I know it took four of them to bring you in, but it's almost, good God almighty. Woo! That is the power of when you bring somebody to Jesus. When they have an encounter with Jesus, you may bring them in, but you ain't got to carry them out. If you do it right, you'll bring them to Jesus. They'll be paralytic. They'll be in fear. They'll be in doubt. They'll be in unbelief. But by the time they finish with Jesus, they'll be walking by faith and not by sight. He said, take up your bed and walk, son. Now that word when arise is interesting to me. Why, why, are you, why is it interesting? Let me, give, let me give you one of the definitions of arise. Let me give you the definition of arise. It means to raise up. It means to stir up. One of the definitions that stood out to me, it means to produce. And that word produce there means he was going to be productive in every area of his that man, see, he, see, before he came in, he was non-productive. He was non-productive. That means he couldn't do for his own. He couldn't help anybody. But now this man was getting ready to be productive. And see, when you bring somebody to Jesus, they're going to start being productive. One of the first signs he gave him is that you could take your bed up and take it back to your house. That was a sign of his productivity. He was getting ready to be productive in every aspect of his life. Thank you, God, for helping us to be productive. 
And see, I know some of you, when you first got here, you didn't realize that what, what God was doing in your life. But now, some of y'all leave on a Sunday morning productive. Some of you leave here, you might be bound, but you leave here productive. You go out, amen, not only you heard the word, but you apply the word on your job, you apply it in your home, you apply it in your finances, you apply it in your school, you apply it in every area of your life. Why? Because God's given you a word. And that word has caused you to be productive. He said, rise up. Rise up. Be productive. Be productive, my sister. Be productive, my brother. No longer are you being non-productive. You're productive now. But notice, all this came because he was in the presence of Jesus. And one thing I think that God was teaching the scribes and the Pharisees and everyone who would listen to him, listen, you may come in my way paralytic, but you'll leave productive. And that's how I know you've been in the presence of Jesus, because you're going to be productive. How do I know you've seen Jesus? Because now you're productive. You pray when you just not when you didn't pray before. You give because you didn't give before. You you listen. You take you hear God's word and you apply it in your life. You didn't do that before. Why? Because now you're productive. Why? I know you've been with Jesus now. I know you've been with Jesus. Yeah, I know you came to church, but did you be or did you were you with Jesus though? That's the difference. Because everyone who's been with Jesus. Leads productive. They don't leave the same way they came in. Now you leave the same way you came in. I question whether or not you was with Jesus or not. Y'all follow the difference there? And notice that man. That man was, was a paralytic. He couldn't do anything. But now that man is, he, he got up. He took his bed. I, I, man, he threw it over his shoulder. Oh man, I'm doing slip on this thing. <laughs> I ain't going back. I don't think he threw the bed away because the Bible told him to carry it to his house. I guess that was his bed he was probably living in. He probably took that from that very spot, put that thing back in there. I said, I will never lay in you paralytic again. I may lay, but I ain't going to lay in you paralytic again. <laughs> y'all, follow? So, y'all, follow? y'all see what they're saying now? The point I want to get to us today is that God wants us to be productive. Praying, giving, following, Excuse me, being faith walkers. Being faith walkers. I believe God wants us to be faith walkers. How do you know? Because you've been in the presence of Jesus. Amen. I'm done. Standing your feet. Glory to God. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.